So if we want to have better experience, user experience, if we want to have a better um, matter universe, we need to feed it with personal data. And at the same time, the um, personal data legislation is forcing the business to, to, to restrict this usage. Texas Global, sparking innovative thoughts. Sadika, hello and welcome to another episode of Texas Global Podcast, where we seek to inspire and spark innovation. I'm Chawarat Yongji Ranona Pupe, the host of this podcast, along as being the global content editor at Texas Media. The topics of the metaverse, along with Web3, are buzzwords for sure, uh, NFTs as well, that everyone is talking about, uh, especially during this year. Today, we seek to learn more about these topics and to clarify the issues of copyright and data privacy. I'm so, so excited to talk to our guest speakers today because usually I talk to one person, but I get to speak to two people today and they're coming to me from Bulgaria. Wow. Uh, the first person is Ginka Kristova, the founding director of ILAC, uh, which is um, the International Legal Advice Center, a network that is a collective of NGOs as well as experts, advocates, and and academics working in the field of privacy, uh, cybersecurity, fintech, adult education, uh, intellectual property, business law, civil laws, digital freedoms, free speech in the digital age as well. So that's a lot. I'm so excited to see what she has to say about the topics. And with us as well, we have Bruce Whitfield, the CEO of Teach Me, uh, which is a, a definitely a, a, a innovative uh, platform or space for you to learn things about intellectual property, entrepreneurship, data privacy, fintech, um, alternative dispute resolution, and so on. Hello, Bruce and Ginga. Hello, Hi. hello, nice to meet you. Nice to, nice meet, you. to meet you. I, I might have not been able to, you know, introduce you properly. So uh, before we get to talking about our topics today, I just wanted to ask uh, or invite you to give us a little bit of a, a brief background of, of yourself and, uh, and your company. Ginko, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure, it's, uh, it's a great pleasure being with you on today. Um, what uh, I'm doing, you generally summarized it pretty well. I'm a lawyer. I am also a co-founder of ALAG, and we've been doing uh, digital law, cyber law for uh, more than 10 years already. So we are dedicated in solving legal issues and giving uh, advices to people and businesses regarding the legal issues in the digital environment for quite some time. Oh, wow. Yes, uh, definitely. I, I'm very excited to see uh, your perspective on the topic. Uh, Bruce, uh, you, uh, can you tell us a little bit about you and, and what you've been doing with your, your company? Sure. Uh, I'm originally a transactional lawyer from Los Angeles, but for the past 15 years, I've, I've lived in Europe. I teach for Harvard University's European program. They have, uh, they have several European programs and they offer a lot of their law school courses to people in Europe. And I teach copyright law for one of those programs. 
Okay, definitely. Uh, we were going to get what you really need to know about uh, the issues of the metaverse and, and uh, the other uh, topics that I just mentioned there. So first off, to clarify to our listeners who may be bombarded with a lot of these you know, technical terms and may get confused along the way, uh, can both of you give a clear understanding of what distinguishes the metaverse from other types of internet usage, uh, Bruce? Sure. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. These, these are buzzwords that get thrown around a lot, Metaverse, Web3, and, and it can be very confusing. Uh, fortunately, the U.S. Congress has developed a very helpful definition of Metaverse, because of course, if it exists, the U.S. government wants to regulate it. And so the first step in regulating it is to define it precisely. And so I'm going to use the term Metaverse because they have defined it precisely and, and, and have a helpful description. In order to be part of the metaverse and not your typical internet experience, a platform needs to have three qualities. It's immersive, it's persistent, and it's highly interoperable. And I'll define each of those terms. An immersive experience is one which consists of one of three activities, augmented reality, mixed reality, or virtual reality. Augmented reality is, we've all seen it even though we don't know that it's AR. It's when you have a virtual overlay in the real world. I'm sure everybody's seen one of Marvel movies, right? Mm -hmm. When Tony Stark puts on the Iron Man suit and he looks through the visor, he gets all this information, right? Body temperatures, distance to target. This is augmented reality. Mm -hmm. When we display a virtual object in the real world, in a way that we can interact with it. That's mixed reality. When Tony Stark has his computer display a a holographic image of his Iron Man suit, and he can grab that holographic image and he can manipulate it and take pieces off and put things on, that would be mixed reality. Mm -hmm. And virtual reality, everyone's probably familiar with. You, You put on your headset and you're in a virtual world, but the actions that you take, the movements that you make in the real world get translated into the virtual world. So any of those three experiences or or a combination of those would be considered immersive and that's our first quality. The second one, it's persistent. And this means that the the platform doesn't go away even when all users log out. It continues to exist. Mm. Events continue to transpire. Things continue to happen there in that virtual world. And then number three, it's, it's highly interoperable. You can move from one platform to the next. You can... You can buy something in Facebook's iteration of the metaverse with your, with your cryptocurrency, and then you can take it with you into, into another iteration. Or you can uh, display your digital artwork in your home in one of the iterations, and people from, from Facebook's metaverse can come and visit you. It's highly interoperable. So if it has all three of those qualities, it would be considered part of the metaverse. Mm-hmm. Um, Ginkgo, That's helpful. I hope that answered the question. Yeah, uh, definitely very thoroughly, uh, you know, clear definitions. Ginkgo, uh, with that being def- you know, very clearly defined in the States, Ginkgo, for the rest of the world, is, is it uh, the same? Uh, pretty much the same. Uh, it's uh, very important to know that uh, for the moment we do not have uh, 
anywhere a legal act or something which is regulating the metaverse at the moment as it is. Uh, what is applying right now as a legislation, uh, it's uh, other legal acts which are more or less uh, created for other purposes, but they are to apply in the metaverse for the moment. However, uh, not only in US, as Bruce said, uh, the, the Congress is uh, starting already to prepare some uh, uh, specific legislation also in the European Union. Uh, they're trying to uh, grasp uh, something and uh, uh, formulate something which is specifically dedicated to the universe. We are already having a regulation in the EU regarding the cryptocurrencies, where we have a clear definition of NFTs, but uh, this is only the beginning. Asia is definitely very grayish in terms of its definition and regulations. Um, I'm, I'm just curious, I just wanted to follow up. I mean, how how long do you think or how much of a period are we going to go through where things will get more clearer and more clarified throughout the world? Uh, it really depends uh, of, uh, of the business actually and of the stakeholders because they are actually de defining and they're developing the metaverse. And it's always pretty much uh, <laughs> uh, difficult for the legislation to go and follow up uh, with the same speed. Uh, the um, uh, US Congress uh, paper, which uh, Bruce uh, quoted right now, it was issued in 2022. And uh, we have the metaverse as a business model for quite some time. So you can imagine that we need uh, time for the regulation to catch up with the real life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely. And, um, you know, look, when, when you talk about uh, one of the main issues that definitely needs clarification, uh, it's about privacy and ownership. And the majority of Web2 is being influenced, as we all know, by big tech companies. And so everyone is concerned about, you know, privacy and ownership. So. With that said, how do you think uh, privacy will look like in Web3? Um, anyone? Yeah, uh, privacy, this is a big issue uh, in the Web3 and uh, not only in the digital environment as a whole. Um, the, one of the main problems is that the privacy is defined as a fundamental right at least in Europe, we apply this term a lot. And it is very difficult to apply some of the main characteristics of the data privacy in uh, a project, a creation as the metaverse. For example, uh, if we are having uh, a normal data privacy uh, subject of a person, one of his main rights regarding the privacy is to ask for deletion of his data from the controller, from the company which is operating with the, his data privacy. In the, mm -hmm. uh, in the metaverse, it cannot be done in a, such a manner because mm -hmm. we always have exchange of information, exchange of data. When we're talking about the virtual reality, there we are collecting uh, a lot of very particular data, which in all legislation, including in the 
uh, Thai um, Data Privacy Act is defined as a specific one, uh, biometrical data, uh, information about your behavior, about your physical conditions. And this is to be regarded with uh, greater concern and with a lot more caution. In the metaverse, it is what it is. Actually, it operates because it collects all this data. And um, we probably are going to have some issues regarding this. Hmm. Bruce? Hello, Bruce. Oh, I, I don't have anything to add on that. <laughs> you know, Ginka is the, the expert on data privacy. The thing is, like, oh, how, how is regulation going to look like? for, you know, um, you know, a, a place where it's, as you said, Ginka, like it's not just so clear cut, you know, everyone will have ownership of their own, 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 own data. Yes. And uh, the, the thing is that um, the interaction with the AI or with uh, the artificial intelligence, this is the, what defines the metaverse and the AI, it is feeding with data. So if we want to have better experience, user experience, if we want to have a better um, matter universe, we need to feed it with personal data. And at the same time, the um, personal data legislation is forcing the business, the controllers, as we um, as we tell, to, mm -hmm. to to restrict this usage. So it, it is really uh, um, very difficult to know which direction the legislation is going to go. For the moment, at least in the European Union, what the Commission, the European Commission, is saying, they are not. Uh, making an exception for the metaverse. They're not making an exception for the artificial intelligence neither. What they are saying, we are having those regulations in our famous GDPR and uh, they apply to everyone. Uh, if you want to make uh, a project, if you want to develop a project and a business, you should apply the same regulation. No exceptions are made. Um, they, however, understand that it is quite difficult for the business, so they are planning to make some uh, amendments of the regulation, but for the moment this is uh, only um, a good idea. And knowing the speed the European institutions are doing with, it is going to take years. I believe in the US it is going to be a little bit faster because the Congress has already um, have some particular um, proposals about the bills. Uh, they're also applying uh, very thoroughly um, the legislation about the protection of children, of minors in the metaverse. So uh, those issues for the moment really are going to be um, to be managed ad hoc. Inc. with what we are having right now, we are trying to apply it to the metaverse and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if you talk about NFTs, I think uh, we kind of had a little discussion about that, that there's um, some people might think, oh, NFT is artwork. <laughs> mm. um, of course, it's much more than that, right? So let, let's, oh, yeah. let's, let's 
get into NFTs, Let, let's kind of clarify the term first before we talk about how, you know, privacy or, or data privacy will work with NFTs. Uh, can can uh, any of you define in, in clearly maybe for people to understand it better? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, what is NFT? NFT, it's a non-fungible token. Uh, I'm not uh, going to go with um, the definition which is given in the European regulation of uh, the NFTs, but uh, clearly to, to say what it is, these are uh, cryptographic assets on a blockchain with unique identification codes and metadata that uh, is distinguishing them from each another. The, the, the most important thing about the definition of NFT is that they use the blockchain technology and that they are unique. Meaning that once we have uh, NFT, it is uh, impossible for uh, someone else to have the same one as it is with other crypto assets. Uh, it is not a cryptocurrency in its uh, pure definition, but it's a crypto asset, meaning that you can own it, uh, you can transfer it, of course, but uh, it is more difficult to uh, go and um, pay with it in itself. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, probably all of our listeners today, they know that one NFT costs uh, I don't know, one Ethereum or Bitcoin, meaning that the NFT is defined with a certain cryptocurrency. Mm. So it, it's it's tied with a certain cryptocurrency. Yes, yes, it is. And it is unique. It means that it exists. Uh, it, it, one NFT is uh, the, the only one you're going to have. That's why people are using it so much for art and for uh, any other uh, creation, uh, content creation, it can relate to everything. It's not only an image. You, you can have an NFT with the music, with uh, 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 literature uh, uh, writing, with whatever. Uh, it can be applied to absolutely all type of content. When it is um, uh, transformed through the blockchain, it becomes an NFT. Bruce, how, how do you think NFTs will, will evolve in the upcoming years? Oh, let me add one point of clarification about yes. NFTs. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to be clear that the NFT is the evidence of ownership. It's not the digital asset itself. If you go out and you buy a home, Oh. Right, you, you're buying a piece of property. That's what you. Want. You know, actually, yeah, that's right. That's a, a common. Sorry, that's a common misunderstanding. Yeah, it is. A lot of people think the NFT is the the thing itself. Exactly right. But, sorry, Sam. Sorry, go ahead, Bruce. <laughs> so you buy the property and you get the deed, and you can take it down to the local government office and record it, and now you're on title. But you didn't buy the home because you wanted the deed, right? You you want the asset mm. itself. You want the property. And, and NFT is the token which shows ownership. It, it describes the asset, it points to an asset. And that can be, of course, a, a board ape. It can be a piece of artwork, as Dinka said, it can be music, anything. But people generally use the term NFT when they're talking about the artwork or the item itself. But technically they're different. So is it maybe kind of 
the wrong way that we're, we're referring to NFTs? Because all you know, when you say you, when you purchase an NFT, well, that's like kind of what you said, like it's a deed, right? right. It's not actually the the item. So then, what um, you know, what is it going to look like in terms of data privacy for for NFTs? Then, I mean, definitely it 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 means that you will have your this NFT. This is yours. Nobody can take it. Uh, but what about the data privacy aspect? Uh, this is exactly what you are saying is one of the main issues about data privacy in, in the NFTs. Uh, it is uh, impossible to delete any information from the ownership in the NFTs because this is the idea of the blockchain. Uh, it is another important feature of the blockchain that the data added to the block cannot be deleted or changed. At the same time, the record of all the transactions made with it carried out um, on the blockchain are distributed to each participant on the network uh, instead of being kept in a single center. That's the idea of being decentralized. And thus, the progressive with the conscious structure, meaning that once we have an NFT, the ownership is obvious to everyone, meaning that you can know who is owning it, which is a personal data. Uh, it cannot be so uh, easily seen by everyone uh, as um, uh, knowing to identify the NFT with the person. But for example, if you use your NFT as a profile picture or just you're saying that you bought this NFT as it is unique, then you can be perfectly well identified with it. Meaning that NFT at some point in time is going to become a personal data. Um, I just wanted to clarify what personal data is because mm -hmm. now we are uh, exchanging definitions about metaverse, about NFTs, but um, personal data to begin with, we don't have uh, such, um, uh, ex uh, such a definition of the personal data, meaning uh, your name is personal data, your phone number is personal data, no. The personal data is something that can identify you without any mistake. Sufficient information to identify you. This is how the, the law is defining personal data. It means that everything can be a personal data if we can be identified with it. And so goes the NFTs. Because exactly all the information is kept in the blockchain and because they are unique. At the same time, Blockchain, as I said, is distributed to each participant of the network structure, meaning that everyone can see it. And here we come in a, a little bit of a problem with one of the main rights of the data uh, subjects as we know it on today, meaning that they should give their explicit consent for distributing their personal data. How we are going to do this with the NFTs? That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. It's very deep. I mean, basically, are you saying that like in the future, um, in, instead of using an ID card or, you know, a passport, you could just use an NFT to register yeah. or just there are to some do ideas for this already. 
It seems very, I mean, it, it seems very convenient, but yet scary at the same time. <laughs> it is. And uh, uh, once you have uh, both an NFT, uh, it stays there forever. <laughs> I mean, you cannot delete or get rid of this information if uh, in some years, for example, you decide that it is not uh, convenient for you to, to, to be known as an owner of such NFT. Mm. So, yeah. It has some some issues in it. Bruce, Bruce, do you have any um, thing to add to this? Uh, for the data privacy, no. But for the intellectual property right aspect, I, I have a couple of things. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Uh, when you purchase, let's say there's a, a new artist that you really like. And so you go out and you buy one of her paintings. There's no question you own the painting but you don't have any of the underlying intellectual property rights. So you can display that painting in your home, but you can't display it for profit. You can't take an image of that painting, put it on t-shirts and start selling it. The artist is going to come and sue you mm. because even though she sold you the painting, she still owns the copyright. And oh. everybody knows you couldn't, you couldn't do this in the real world, right? Because the person has the intellectual property rights who created it. But unfortunately, this is exactly what's happening in the metaverse. People are buying an NFT. So now they own the underlying piece of artwork. But then they're taking those and they're using them in the metaverse to build a whole brand. They make derivative products. They, they display the things for profit. And chances are they really don't have the right to do that. They've only purchased the underlying artwork, not the intellectual property rights with it. Hmm. But wouldn't that, I mean, what is the point of getting an NFT if you can't use it? <laughs> right? I'm not saying that, I'm just thinking as a consumer. <laughs> I'm not saying that you can't acquire the intellectual property rights. Uh, many of them, let's say the creator, I know that uh, Top Shot does this. When they transfer you the NFT, they also transfer you a license to use the intellectual property rights. But there are a lot of restrictions on those. You can only earn up to $100,000 a year in profit. There's all kinds of things that you can and can't do with the underlying artwork. And keep in mind that they're probably storing the NFT points to a piece of artwork, right? But I, I've, mm -hmm. I've never seen an NFT where that's embedded in the NFT. The NFT just points to the digital asset on a server somewhere. Well, they have a right mm -hmm. to yank that digital artwork off the server and delete it. And so if you violate the terms of service, they can absolutely do that. So mm -hmm. you, you've got to make sure when you purchase an NFT that you are also purchasing the intellectual property rights to use that digital asset to make money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of people may not think about that when they buy it. Uh, everybody I've talked to Especially who's, now. who's purchased an NFT does not know that. They're, they're unpleasantly surprised to find out that information. So, um, you know, as, as we kind of wrap up our conversation, um, um, yeah, a lot of our listeners are business people, our startups are, you know, um, if you're a company and you want to leverage this new technology or this new, these new concepts of NFTs, the metaverse, I mean, already, you know, what we've talked about 
I mean, we could go on and on and on about the details about the, you know, intellectual property rights, uh, data privacy. Um, how, what is your key message or, or takeaway for those who, who, you know, who want to use or, or want to venture into the, you know, the metaverse, uh, but in, in a secure way to, to, of course, grow their business? Bruce? Uh, well, I'd, I'd say two things uh, are of paramount importance. Uh, number one, when you, when you purchase any digital assets, those digital assets are created by someone and stored on a particular server. Make sure that the contract requires that they maintain that server, that they maintain that digital asset or give you the right to maintain it. Otherwise, if, if that person goes out of business or lets the server go, poof, there goes your digital asset, right? So that's very mm. important. You want to make sure how the digital asset is maintained and who is maintaining it. Uh, number two, when you purchase a, an NFT it, and it points to a digital asset, you want to make absolutely sure you clarify what rights you're getting in addition to the digital, digital asset. So you need to know who created it, who actually holds the copyright on it, and that they have transferred the, the rights in that copyright to you, or, or at least licensed some of those rights to you, the ones you want to use. Okay. Um, Ginka, um, in, in terms of, you know, just, just to ask you that same question, but also perhaps maybe you can add on about uh, data privacy and, and how, as you, as you mentioned, it will be kind of tricky uh, in terms of, you know, having NFTs like having containing your own private uh, data and private your private data and, and, and whatnot um, how how can companies uh, navigate through the, these two issues of you know data privacy and also uh, intellectual property rights um, what is very important is uh, for the companies for the people who want to make business out of nfts and to to go to the metaverse for business is uh, I would say to be honest with that subject. I mean, uh, I would really advise them to explain uh, in their privacy notices what the data is, uh, what's going to be done with the data, how it's going to be transferred if it cannot be deleted to just to say it if it's um, uh, regarding the NFTs. And for the data subject, it is important to read these privacy notices and to know what is going to happen exactly as Bruce said for the terms and conditions. Because actually most of the people, they don't mind their data privacy to be uh, shared, uh, used for uh, the deep learning of the artificial intelligence, but they need to know because they are many different cases and if you want to to do something in particular with uh, buying an nft or going to the metaverse you should know what you're doing and what it is bringing you to okay ginka you know uh when we talk about law it can get very detailed and very complicated especially when you're you know in europe or in the united states or in asia um how will the whole platform or the metaverse be be regulated if we have um, you know intellectual property rights and you know data privacy being done in such a way that um, it's so open 
that's uh, one of the greatest things and the most caring ones at the same time, that uh, once you're online, actually you are everywhere. Uh, once your business is a digital business uh, and you're dealing with uh, metaphors or actually even having a website, which is part of the web too, um, you have to take care of the legislation everywhere for everyone who is uh, able to access your website or to enter your um, uh, metaverse, it means that uh, your product is subject to regulation from everywhere. That's why European Union, US, uh, Asian regulation, everything should be really very consistent. Uh, know that it sounds scary and very difficult, probably impossible, but it is not, believe me. We've been doing this for quite some time and you can navigate in between everything. Okay, uh, very useful information. And I'm sure a lot of us or this people would probably want to know more about you, Ginka and Bruce. Um, if uh, any of our listeners want to, you know, uh, seek you out or, or uh, gain more know-how from you or, or to maybe partner with you, how, how can they reach out to you, uh, Ginka? Uh, I'm uh very happy. I would be very happy to uh, have uh, any kind of uh, personal uh, contact with any of your listeners. Uh, they can reach out on LinkedIn or uh, on the website of ILAC, uh, uh, but LinkedIn, uh, honestly, I think it's the best option. Facebook also, we are available everywhere on the social <laughs> okay. media, so easy to find. Okay, Bruce? Oh, well, they can always add me on Instagram. Probably everybody has an Instagram account. Uh, <laughs> my Instagram handle is profwit, P-R-O-F-W-H-I-T. Uh, of course, they can okay. also hit the website, teach-me.space. Those are probably yeah. the easiest ways to find me. Yes, or of course, you can always contact us here at Texas Media. Ginka, Bruce, thank you so much for being with us here on our episode of Texas Global Podcast. We look forward to seeing more developments from your side, from ILAC and also from TeachMe, and uh, hope to talk to you again because, you know, these topics that we're talking about are constantly developing. And thank you for enlightening us on the clear definitions of the metaverse, uh, clear definitions of NFTs, and, and what to really be careful about entering this whole new realm of things. Thank you so much, Bruce and Kinka. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Texas, sparking innovative thoughts.